0: What's happening? And welcome to another Crossroads Connect podcast. Here we discuss everything from current Crossroads events, to trending topics, to how we can reconcile God's truth with the real world we live in. Hey, what's up everybody? I'm Pastor Jared, sitting here with Pastor Matt once again for another awesome podcast. We're excited to be with you today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, how do we balance that homework life, uh, both during the quarantine season and also just in in regular day-to-day life. Sometimes it's hard to set work down and, and be present at home. So we're going to look into that a little bit. We're going to look at how do we rest well, and what are things that we can be doing to rest well, Uh, and that's going to move us into innovation in the gospel, and that's something that I think is very much needed today, and not just in church life, but in the way that we interact with our neighbors and being innovative in the way that we interact with our culture and and bring Jesus into our culture, Uh, and finally, what did that look like for for the boys in Acts as they were uh, tackling uh, taking the new mission of Jesus as Jesus had ascended into heaven, and now they are commissioned with this gospel, and what are they doing uh, to be innovative with what Jesus gave them to do. So, Mr. Matt, good to see you. Yeah, you too, Jared. Sounds like we have a a full episode here. It is full. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It it is a little full, maybe, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. People have long drives that's or, or nothing to do at home. And so, <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> so we're here to fill that void.
1: It is the season. Uh,
0: so, yeah, my my first thought to you, Matt, is, man, especially now, and, and as I'm at home a lot more trying to do work at home and trying to take care of the kids at home with, with their schoolwork and everything, have you developed any systems to be able to balance, man, when am I working and when am I a dad? When am I a husband
1: when am I resting? What kind of systems have you developed at home? Yeah, I think it's uh, super important, Jared. You know, as you read through the scriptures, not only do I, do we see a sense of rest, but I think in the scriptures really more a sense of refreshment. I mean, even in, we see it with God, not only in the beginning in Exodus 2 where he rested, but then again, it's it's reminded to us in Exodus 31 Uh, where it says God rested and he was refreshed. And there's this sense of refreshing that comes over us. I like that word. Yeah. (laughs) Refreshed. Refreshed. Because I think that looks different, right? Like, I think sometimes we can think of ourselves as sitting in front of a television, you know, binging on the series of Netflix, and we walk away not feeling any more refreshed or rested than when we started. It was like we just turned off our minds uh, for an hour or two or three or however long we were there. And it doesn't actually do much for us in Sometimes terms of you almost have Guilt too, right? Like time wasted. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I think that you know, when it comes to the scripture of looking at how do we how do we become refreshed after eight hours of Jack Ryan? Jack Ryan. Yes. Well, that might be refreshing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So when I think of that, I think of kind of the rhythms in my life. Uh, almost daily uh, is a set aside time for exercise. I found that that's such a huge piece of. For me, in finding refreshment. What does um, that look like now when the gyms are closed? Yeah, so uh, we've set up a little like mini gym in our garage. I went out and bought some weights before everything closed down, mm-hmm. and so we had that in there. Dumbbell in it. Dumbbell in it. Yep. Uh, runs, bicycling. So, like today, I cycled into the campus to do this with you. So every day exercising. Um, I have a five-year journal. i do i don't know if you've ever seen a five-year journal but it's basically it's like the best journal ever because you only have to write like six lines worth of things but uh just help me reflect every day on on what god did what i'm thankful for Mm -hmm. maybe what was frustrating for me just putting that down on paper is really helpful for me and then i do a fairly good job of every day just turning it off at five Mm -hmm. so uh, i get up early i work hard all day Uh, but five o'clock i just for the most part i just call it Done, and whatever's not done just gets to put on the list for the next day. And that's usually when I try texting you the most. It typically is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's where I ignore you the most. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, <laughs>
0: uh, yeah uh, we're in a weird season right now because we're in the process of moving, and so we're we're living with my my sister and brother in law. And so our rhythms, uh, I'm sure, we've messed up their rhythms, and our rhythms are we're are all wild and crazy. We're, we figured out. Uh, we're getting there, a system, but it's about to be uprooted again as we uh, get to move into our new house this next weekend. And so, uh, something that we love to do though is we we created a, a phone basket so that when we walk into the house, we put our phones on silent and put them in this basket because otherwise, man, it is so easy to just always pick it up. And we get uh, frustrated with our our oldest son who is constantly asking us to play video games. Right? He says, "You know, Dad, can I play? Dad, can I play?" And we're like, "No, like, do something." with your brain and it's really easy to say that to our kids and we're like go play and then we pick up our phone and we do whatever we're doing with our phone and it's like super uh, you know parental hypocrisy right Uh, and and they see right through it pretty quickly Um, and so I think that for us when it comes to rest and balancing that work home life uh, we we have that basket that we can put that in and then we just don't think about it you know Um, if we something that is really interesting in in our kids' life today that's different than when I was a kid is that we do have all of these extra devices, right? And so uh, what I've been trying to do is say, hey, let's not do devices, but if we're going to do TV, let's at least watch the same thing together. Yeah. Um, and that that to me is a big deal. And I remember when I was a kid, they're like, too much TV, too much TV. Uh, and and that's, there's still reality to that. But that's where like the Mandalorian coming out and Disney Plus and and all of those, you know, old Disney shows that we can watch together as a family and and do that. And every it's, you know, there's some kid shows that you're like just dragging your feet to get through, but then there's other stuff that the kids really love uh, that we love too. Like Pixar's done a really good job of that. And so uh that to me is is preserving some family time is really actually restful and not watching Jack Ryan until two in the morning where you have to get up early the next day and you're just dead. Right. so I think it's it's limiting that, and it's being very very intentional. Um, I've actually struggled a lot during this season when we're home all the time. Uh, of when am when am I actually working, and when am I a dad and a husband, and, and
1: defining those times. I've been. Really, actually, pretty terrible at it, and so I don't know how have you done at that. Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a an interesting season in that regard. And just going back to one of the things that you were saying, uh, there's a great writer out there named Andy Crouch, and he wrote a book called The Tech Wise Family mm. uh, that Sarah and I read a couple of years ago. That was really uh, helpful in terms of how to navigate kind of the tech world, particularly with our kids. Right, so everything's tech now. And so it's like, you don't want to just take all the tech away from your kids because you're going to put them behind. And at the same time, how do you be wise Mm -hmm. with it? And uh, we do something similar to you guys, that when we sit down to watch something, uh, we do it together as a family. And right now, uh, Some Good News by John Krasinski mm-hmm. uh, is just a breath of fresh air on the internet. And I know that John's a listener to our podcast, and yeah. so he just, he just yeah. ended that. We appreciate that, that but, John. Yes. But I'm going to actually ask for him to keep going. Yeah. And uh, But anyway, so yeah, back to your question. One of the things that uh, that I've just tried to really be mindful of is is you know, setting those strong boundaries. And we have a little sign on the door that says this is when dad's working. And I make sure that when I am home to, you know, pull away from the desk for lunch and to go engage my kids. Do you have in an that. office space? Uh, I have a little office space down mm-hmm. in the basement. Yeah, I got a desk. It's right next to the laundry. Mm-hmm. And so uh, sometimes I'm tag teaming it or at times I'm – you know, having to turn off the wash to do a Zoom meeting or whatever it might be in this season. But yeah, I have a small little office in the in the basement uh, that I'm able to kind of get away and pull away into. And, and so we've tried to navigate that. Like I said, the biggest thing is I've tried to keep my regular rhythms. So waking up, similar time, getting the hour of exercise. 11 o'clock. 11 a.m., yep. Uh, reading scripture, journaling, uh, kind of getting my day started, working through, and then shutting it all down at five so that I can be completely free for my family. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, uh, my schedule is such a big deal. It's such a driver. And so if I can keep a handle on my schedule in that way, then then I have space for my family. I think that you, you really hit it well with uh, that
0: word boundaries. And, and healthy boundaries and creating healthy expectations, right? I think if you can establish those and say, hey, look, from this time to this time, I got to be working and and that everybody agrees on that, but then you have to be faithful, right? They have to be faithful on their end to give you that space, but then you have to be faithful too to say, okay, I'm going to actually shut it down when I say I'm going to shut it down and, and be not only physically present, but mentally present as well. I think that's especially for... For people who are working all the time, I think that's hard. We get home and we just want to decompress and shut off, mm-hmm. and and that's not okay either. Like I have to be able to have enough left in the tank that I can be present for my for my kids and for my wife, and um, and so that that's just a really really big deal.
1: Yeah, it's huge. And I think that the also the big thing is, you know, when particularly in this season where work and home have kind of mixed, you know, we're, we're living in the same space. And for some people, that's like a dream come true. And for others, probably particularly if you have small kids or kids in schools, it's like banging your head against the wall. But, you know, uh, one of the things that other things that I've done is (laughs) one of the other things that that I've tried to do is really keep my day off my day off right and so I mean it's easy to slink down into the office and to open up the computer and see what's going on because the lines are so blurred but -hmm. again to have that boundary and go no Friday is the day that I take to be with my family Mm -hmm. and and to spend time intentionally with them and not and try to avoid the temptations uh, of jumping in and looking at Slack mm-hmm. or email. In fact, I turn off all my notifications on Friday, um, so really the only way that you can get me is if you call me because there's not any other notifications coming yeah. on my phone.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is why I call every Friday. Yes, you do. Yes, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not true. I don't. I don't <laughs> no, do you it. Don't. You no, don't. Uh, no, the I, staff is really. good I think about that, that. Yeah, I think that that's really an, uh, something that where you have pushed really hard in our culture um, as a church, uh, at least as a staff church, is is really honoring that Sabbath and really using it as rest. And we talked previously about how we're wired differently. And so I think it's figuring out what is restful for you, because I think what's restful for you might not necessarily be restful for me. You know, um, walking around in nature, people love it. And they're like, man, I'm refreshed. I don't
1: mm-hmm. really
0: get... It was really funny. Actually, a, a buddy of mine from from Kansas came out and uh, he, he wrote me and he really wanted to go hike in the mountains and so he wrote and said hey do you want to hike with me in the mountains and I'm like no <laughs> like I was pretty straight with them. Right. like that does not sound fun to me and then he twisted it and he said hey do you want to go take photos of nature and I'm like, yeah, I do. And he's <laughs> like, hike? let's do it in the mountains. I'm like, what a brilliant idea! I love it. And so uh, he he bared with me as I, I paused, uh, you know, all the time on our hike to take pictures of things. But that was very restful and fun for me, and it was also restful and fun for him. And so it just looks different for different people. Um, yeah, that's
1: totally. And
0: it. I know that we've talked about this too. Is so you have your weekly rest, but then planning for. Uh, vacations and planning for uh, rest as a family, uh, being able to do that as well. And I think you guys—you said you're—you guys are actually planning
1: a vacation here soon, aren't you? Yeah, we leave this week. We're heading to Kentucky. So most of my family's in Kentucky, and uh, my family owns a, a farm out there. And so we're gonna go spend a week out on the farm there in Kentucky, four wheeling and shooting guns and making big bonfires and yes. uh, seeing all some the of goods. the cousins. Yeah, all the goods. And so all the things that you can do in Kentucky. Uh-huh. And so uh, we're heading out there actually this week to do that. And so my whole family's looking forward to that. It'll be a good just kind of change of, of scenery yeah. uh, during the season. And so we're all really looking forward to that. And those tend to be uh, restful, restful times mm-hmm. of just being able to be with family and mm-hmm. to enjoy uh, nothing. I mean, one of the things about the farm in Kentucky is there's no internet, mm-hmm. there's barely cell service where my my parents have a house at, and so uh, so the Friday uh, calls off. The Friday calls okay. off, yeah. So, in fact, yeah, there's one thing that I have to do while I'm out there, and so I'm going to be going into uh, my sister's art studio <laughs> so that I can have access to the internet. But that will be the only two hours yeah. that really I'll have access over the yeah. course of, of the cool. week.
0: That's good. Um, we We as a family, at least my wife and I, try very hard to uh, think through rather than just giving our kids stuff to give them experiences. And so uh, we were able to do that before all of this happened, like before Disney got shut down. We were able to go to California and take our kids to Disneyland at the beginning of this year, which was amazing. And we walked away from that trip like totally connected as a family and bonded as a family more than we ever have. Our youngest, our twins are five and our oldest is eight. And then we have a, our daughter just is about to turn seven. So uh, it it was the first time I think that I ever felt like, man, I feel solid as a family. Like we had fun together. It was enjoyable for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, We weren't wrapped up in digital anything because we were going to the beach we went to sea we went to disneyland we went to lego i mean we got to do all of this really really fun stuff and it was so good and so restful we did build in a bumper day yeah. um at the end to be able to rest we also built in bumper days in between so right. that we weren't constantly going and man it was just so good and i i know that you're a disneyland fan as well yeah. and so uh Aside from Star Wars, because that's a given. Star Wars land is a given, right? Uh, But thinking back, what was your favorite land at Disneyland? When you went,
1: what was the thing that you're most excited to go see? Yeah, what was super fun and what I always love at Disney World is Space Mountain. Mm -hmm. And so just the roller coaster through the dark and... All of that was super fun. In fact, the last time I was there, we did the Aerosmith ride that was in, um, I think it's Hollywood Studios is where the Aerosmith ride oh, yeah. is. And uh, that was that was a super blast. I had never done that one before. In fact, the last time I was at Disney World, which was like probably four or five years ago, we waited in line and my son got scared mm. and didn't want to do it. And so after two hours of waiting in line, because that's what you do at Disney, yes. uh, we, we jumped out of line and I watched... My cousin and wife mm-hmm. and them ride the ride, mm-hmm. and I didn't get to. But mm. this year, uh, he was brave enough, and so we, or I guess it was last it. year, he did it, and we had a good time, and it was it was a lot of fun. That's, That's fun. awesome. So I love those two rides. I'm a big roller coaster guy. Yeah. So if you put me on a big roller coaster, I'm gonna be happy. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll freak out until I go on it once, and then
0: it's fun. Um, yeah. It, that was we went on the Incredibles roller coaster, um, and it was Ezra's first big roller coaster. Yeah. And so it was fun to get to sit next to him um as an 8-year-old going on his first roller coaster and uh he he liked it but it freaked him out quite a bit yeah, too yeah. so it has well,
1: one loop in it and so yeah. um it was it was a lot of fun yeah i burned out my oldest theo when he was like 7 8 years old as soon as he was like tall enough i took him all on all these huge roller coasters and totally like ruined him he he hates roller coasters yeah. he doesn't want to do <laughs> any of them yeah <laughs> and then my middle son kadman he gets so motion sick he loves roller coasters but he can do like one or two and then he's mm-hmm. done because he's so sick but my 7 year old mercy she is like all-in on yeah. roller coasters yeah. and thrill and you all got that one. kind you only of only need I have one. one. I only need That's one. Right. So. Only one can sit next <laughs> to you That's anyway. Right. My wife doesn't like doing roller coasters mm-hmm. as much, and so I, all of my hopes, are, I'm pinning on mercy yeah. um, for I my future get enjoyment. I definitely a whole lot more motion sick now
0: than I used to. Yeah, I had to sit down after that ride and, <laughs> and balance myself out just for a moment, <laughs> you know. Yes. Christiana was so nice because she went and got me. She's like, she got me a coke. I think. Okay. She's like, here, you probably should drink this. You know, settle your tummy <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> you were looking a little got, white. Huh? Yeah. Gave me a, a slice of bread. Nice. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I, I remember going to Disneyland as a kid. Uh, we and, and Futureland is that what it is? Futureland yep. and the land of innovation. Uh-huh. Man, that was always my favorite. And uh, at that time, you know, Paul Blart the little yeah, thing that he, yeah, yeah. when he rides around that little thing, they had those uh, at this innovation place in Disney that you went into the room and you stood in line so that you could ride one. And all they let you do is like go forward a foot and then go backwards a foot and then you were done. Yeah. <laughs> but you waited like an hour to yeah, do it. Yeah, you waited an hour to do it. And you're like, that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And we thought that that was what, you know, in 10 years everyone would have one and we wouldn't be walking anymore, yeah. which is not the case. But um, it was cool. And, and I've always loved that idea of, innovation. And I think about the gospel and and where we're at in our culture and how fast-paced our culture is. And and we're not trying to reinvent the gospel. We're just trying to change how people connect with who Jesus really is. And so I just kind of wanted to bring that topic up today and and this idea of how do we innovate the gospel and what does that look like for, uh, you know, me... uh, Outside of the church, what does it look like for me to bring the gospel to people
1: in in our current culture, in our current state? Yeah, I think that that's a really good question. And a lot of probably my thoughts have been impacted by Timothy Keller recently Mm -hmm. in terms of... In his uh, heart? uh, Well... Timothy Keller, the preacher. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was uh, just teasing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the way that uh, he's thought through some of this, and and I think he's right that today's gospel uh, is probably has a lot to do with identity. You know, in our culture, everybody is is trying to figure out identity. That identity is such a huge thing that people don't feel a guilt anymore towards sin, uh, which is a part of a problem. In, mm-hmm. in presenting the gospel, and not anything that we need to get away from, but this whole idea of of my identity and what is my identity and searching for identity is such a big big thing in our culture right now, and so I think that kind of that leading edge of of the gospel is understanding that's where people are in our culture is in the identity space and trying to find out find their identity and how do we help them see their identity in Christ so that it's not just kind of some you know uh, self. Like realization of this is who I am, and now I'm mm-hmm. more whole. But, mm-hmm. but even more than that, uh, that their identity is in Christ mm-hmm. and what that means from sin to forgiveness, so on and so forth. And I so yeah. we
0: struggle with that in the church, even right? I mean, people who have gone to church their whole lives, and then all of a sudden, church starts changing, and all of a sudden, they don't know who they are, or where they fit anymore, yeah. um, because what they used, to, what they've been doing for years and years and years. All of a sudden, maybe that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, whoever thought Blockbuster would be gone? Right, yeah. I mean, I never would have thought Blockbuster was gone when I was in high school. I mean, that was the—that's what you did, you know. You went and you got a movie, and you gave them ten dollars every week when you forgot to take that movie back, and you know that was that was the life, man. And yeah. and now you can't find a Blockbuster, and so I think that happens in the church too, and
1: and people tie themselves to what they do as opposed to who they are. Yeah, and I think that that's a big thing in our culture right now, uh, even beyond the church. Right when you look at the purposelessness of people mm-hmm. that no one knows what their purpose is that everybody's wandering around wondering if they have any value any worth, which speaks again to the identity space mm-hmm. that we all encounter. Like that is a big problem in the younger generations right now. Is mm-hmm. what is my what is my purpose? What is my worth? Where is my value? And I think that the gospel answers answers that in in beautiful ways. Uh, As church people, we have to figure out a way to communicate it. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that because when I think of eternity too, right? So this idea of uh, being with God forever and what does that look like? I think that what's going on right now in our life, what what God is working out in us is not just for now. I think He's working out stuff in us because there's going to be things for us to do in eternity, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't think we're just... I mean, the fake picture of playing harps and and singing songs—all that—that—that that to me is not what eternity is. I, I think I don't even think that we have the faintest idea of what it's going to look like. But I truly believe that what God is teaching me and who I am, who He made me, uh, is preparing me for eternity. Um, and I think that's just exciting. Um, that all the stuff that He's working in and out of through me right now actually has not only purpose now,
1: but has Purpose forever. Yeah, even more so redeemed. Yeah. You know, after this. And I think that when people see. Uh, who they are in God as a child of God, yeah, and they understand their calling or vocation, or we call that in our modern sense, right? Work, mm-hmm. like what is the what is my work value in that, and and what is what is God's uh, will in terms of my life when it comes to showing mercy and having mm-hmm. this this idea of social justice as a big part of my life? That I think that once we start to see all of that and understand that as as people, uh, then man, uh, purpose isn't a problem. in yeah. the gospel. Rings true. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that that's a message that we need to figure out how do we get that to people so that they they see they see it for reality and not just religious hocus pocus, yeah. right? Um, because I think that unfortunately there's there's that automatic judgment uh, of organized religion of oh that's that's old school thinking whatever it is you know that it gets pushed aside so quickly and for us to help people see that Jesus is actually the real deal and he actually has something really good to offer you. Um, out. I mean, obviously, grace from sin is, yeah. is a huge deal, but then beyond that, understanding that purpose. And uh, I think that relating that to our culture is so important. And I mean, we've had conversations, right, as far as uh, music styles, and, 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 and are people actually going to listen to music, and are we putting a... Me- because it. Style is just style, right? There, there's no right or wrong style, but then it's the content behind it, right? And so are we able to create music that, that our culture actually wants to hear and listen to that then has a message in it of truth and, and purposeness? Uh, can we uh, speak the language, you know, uh, of, I mean, even the way that we talk is all constantly changing, right? And, and the, the things that, you know, yeet, yeet is yeet, you know, man- Ezra just picked up on that. Did I don't he, even know where he got it from, <laughs> but he says "yeet" to everything now, and I'm like, it's kind of funny. I like yeah, it. I'm yeah. glad that he, he's in the know, you know. But um, and he'll just be like, "yeet, mom, yeet," and we're like, "dude." <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> At least he's using it right. That's why he's using it
1: because there is no wrong way to use that that's word. It. I think. That's it. That's it. No, um, I think you're right. I think that's something that the church is really thinking through right now in terms of what is the language of the culture. Particularly, music is a part of that. You know, um, if you look, if you listen to the modern sound of of music on the secular radio, it sounds a lot different than what the church is putting Mm -hmm. out. Neither of those are bad, but if we want to speak the language of the culture, I think Mm -hmm. our music, Mm -hmm. at least in its sound, Mm -hmm. uh, needs to... To sound a little bit closer to where we're at in culture, and that's a conversation that we're having here at Crossroads: is mm-hmm. what does that look like, and trying to find uh, some of that music, some yeah. f- to speak that language. I think that as we watched, you mentioned early earlier blockbuster, okay. you know, J.C. Penney, Sears, Kmart, all of those are in the same space, right? There's this huge revelation, uh, not revelation, revolution, mm-hmm. changing yes. that's happening right now. That's the right, in, word. That's the right word. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, in culture where. You know, there's this movement to online, and this isn't a surprise to us. I mean, it's not like all of a sudden we woke up and it's like, oh no, everything's online. It's been that way for a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what does it look like to translate the gospel and the gospel message uh, online, uh, outside of just the buildings that we that mm-hmm. we come to? And these last few weeks have given a taste of probably a lot more of what the future church looks like than any of us are actually comfortable admitting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and. But there's a – I mean, for me anyway, there's a sense of excitement there too because it opens up so many fun possibilities for us to be able to – that was me. I got an email. So thanks, Chip, for my email. Uh, So – yeah, I just think that it opens up so many great possibilities uh, of, of how we can use that innovative space uh, to be able to share the truth of who Jesus is with people in a way that they're going to resonate with and they're going to connect with. And what was the article, uh, who wrote the article that you sent to us um, about music and, oh, it was Kerry Newhoff. Yeah, Kerry Newhoff. So he he was talking about this uh, middle no man's land, is what he called it. Of we're trying to be culturally relevant and we're really not. But at the same time, we're trying to hold on to the old style and we're really not. And so we're actually we're not we're 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 in this weird blended space that's not really connecting with either space. And so we need to pick a lane, you know. Yeah. Uh, who's a lane? I don't know. Uh, but uh, we, we need to pick a lane and, uh, and and really just drive for it. And, and I, man, I, I just, I loved that. That was such a good a good article. Um, and, and I think about Acts, right? Acts 2, uh, after Pentecost, and the, and the Holy Spirit comes down on the disciples, and then they go out. And what do they do immediately, Matt?
1: They speak in tongues.
0: They speak in tongues to... <laughs> oh, people who are not churched. People who are not churched in a variety of cultures and a variety of languages. And that's the thing that catches the people's attention, right? Is they go, holy cow, they're speaking this message in my native tongue, in my lang- ma- native language, right? And that's what resonated with them. Uh, and, and to me, I think when we think of speaking the language of the culture... People are going to hear it and they're going to go, oh my gosh, I'm hearing what they're saying in my native culture language and I resonate with the truth that is coming through that. And I love that idea.
1: Yeah. And Paul lived that out, right? Throughout the book of Acts of going into uh, cultures who didn't know Jesus at all, had no understanding of Yahweh, mm-hmm. you know, God of the Old Testament. And uh, stepped into those spaces and really made clear to people who did not understand what it, what it was to, to walk with God in mm-hmm. relationship and to experience mm-hmm. a brand new reality that many of them never knew, right? I mean, when you look at the Greeks and the Romans, for them, God was scary. Mm-hmm. You know, God, the deities barely had it together themselves mm-hmm. and humans were like their toys. And then all of a sudden to come alongside and begin to hear a God who loves you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and who going, you can experience, yeah, right? Yeah. That was
0: that was our message this last Sunday that, that you spoke. Thank you. Uh, and made everyone hungry for Chick-fil-A, uh, which sounds good right about now. That's right. Um, because we're alive, and so it always sounds it good. That's right. um, But yeah, the, this reality that we can find Jesus and we can experience Him, and then He's not just head knowledge, but it's actually uh, uh, the real deal. And uh, so yeah, join us uh, the next Three weeks is that right? That we're continuing four. four. We have four more weeks of, of finding Jesus and and just learning what it means to experience Him for yourself. And so, uh, please watch us uh, on our weekend services uh, and invite people. Like this is such a great opportunity to invite people into our digital space to say, "Man, if you want to know the real deal of what it means to know Jesus." Like, listen, because we're learning about it right now. And it's not just headspace, but it's emotional and and experiential,
1: which is just really good and needed. Yeah, I think that for a lot of us, whether we've been walking with Jesus for a long time or we're new to this whole faith thing, like there's experiencing Jesus never gets old, right? Mm -hmm. And, And as a longtime believer, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for over 20 years. That the reality is is that every day I have to wake up and decide whether I'm going to follow Jesus. If I'm going to walk in relationship and experience mm-hmm. Jesus on this day. And it's very easy for me to say, I'm not going to do that today. I'm just mm-hmm. going to hang out by myself and do what I want to do on this mm-hmm. day. But but it's a reminder to us every day that this is this is what relationship with God looks like. Mm-hmm. And and if you're new to the faith, man, there's not a better relationship to enter into mm-hmm. in that. And so, uh, yeah, where we're going these next couple of weeks with this sermon series, I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. I was,
0: after listening on Sunday, uh, I sat down on our my sister's little swing out in the front yard, and I just sat there uh, and closed my eyes and just said, man, God, I don't want to just know you. I really want to experience you. And, and not that I haven't experienced you in the past, but man— that's where I want to operate from is that relationship and that experience. Um, and so it was really good just to sit there and have that that moment uh, to be able to say, God, that's, that's where I am and that's where I want to be, and please lead me in that
1: um, yeah. because I don't do a good job. And I own. think the key to that is what we talked about at the very beginning, right? Finding our refreshment and our rest mm-hmm. in Jesus mm-hmm. and who He is and that we focus more on our being with Jesus than our doing mm-hmm. for Jesus. And if we're focused on our being and that experience of relationship with him, then the doing comes naturally. It's an outflow of our lives. And so I think sometimes we just get that twisted and backwards. Like I'm so concerned about doing for Jesus that I forget what all this was yeah. to begin with, which was yeah. a relationship.
0: I love that word abide.
1: Yeah. I always come back to that word
0: abide. It's just so good just to just to be and just to abide in 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 the presence of uh, of God in our life. And so hey man, it's so good to talk with you as always. Uh you guys, we do want to encourage you again to listen to to this series that we're going through, Finding Jesus. It's the the next four. If you missed last Sunday, it's on our YouTube channel. You can go back and and, and listen to Pastor Matt as he uh, spoke about that this last weekend. And uh man we're on Facebook we're on Instagram. We are on YouTube. Uh, we are always trying to creatively come up with new content to, to meet you where you're at. And uh, if you have any questions, you can write info at crossroadsabc.com, uh, and we will look at those. Just label it podcast and let us know that there's things that you'd love to hear us chat about uh, on this podcast. But thanks again for listening, and we look forward to chatting with you again soon.
1: See you soon.